What's going on, y'all? This podcast is sponsored by none other than Strong Tower Nutrition, stnutrition.com. So what's new on the website? So we um, we have the plant-based protein pumpkin spice flavor. Get in the fall festivities and visit stnutrition.com for your pumpkin spice vegan protein. So not only is it festive, but it's also good for your body aids in either male replacement or muscle recovery, you know, has 130 calories, 21 grams of protein, only six carbs. And you can try this uh, limited time flavor of pumpkin spice vegan protein created by vegan owner Rob Bailey of Run Everything Labs. If you're listening to this podcast, you can actually save 10% on the whole site by using the code STRONG when you check out. So that's S-T-R-O-N-G. And I just wanted to thank you for supporting Strong Tower Nutrition and listening to this podcast. So, enjoy. What's up, everyone? Today's guest is a licensed nutritionist, and she's a certified lactation specialist. Who I didn't even know that was a thing. But you can find more info about what she specializes in on her website, DevonReagan.com. D-E-V-O-N-R-A-G-A-N.com. She's very knowledgeable and passionate about nutrition and everything that she believes in. And I hope you guys can take something good away from this conversation that we had, you know. And we also got to like reconnect after 11 years, I think it was, since I've seen her. It's been a long time. So I just hope you guys enjoy the episode with Devin Reagan. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith, it's my work ethic, it's my drive, it's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. So just um, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to since, I haven't seen you since 2009. So... <laughs> It's been a while, you know. It's been a long while. Um, gosh, okay. So I guess a quick recap over the last eleven years. Um, graduated Red Lion two thousand nine. Went on to University of Delaware for a year because I thought I wanted to be a nurse, and found out that I am queasy, <laughs> and quit after my first year. Um, and then I just went for a business management degree because I thought, hey, that sounds generic enough. I can go out into the real world. Um, finished my degree and was like, this is not what I want to do in life. (laughs) Um, met, uh, my husband moved to Conowingo, Maryland, which I had never heard of before. Um, and then we kind of just started settling down. Um, I finished that, uh, bachelor's degree and it was pretty quickly, Um, I had made a big turn as much as I swore off. I'm not getting a master's college is dumb. I'm not doing this. Um, not long after graduation, I thought I'm going to go get my master's. Um, didn't know what I wanted to get it in, got it in nutrition. Um, there's a long backstory there. Um, bought a house, had a couple kids and here we are (laughs) 11 years. There we go. Yeah. That's crazy. How about you? Oh man. Um, where do I even start? You know, after I was uh, actually planning to join the army after high school, and um, that actually didn't even work out. Mm. It was a weird, the weirdest thing. You know, uh, I went through everything I had to go through, and they asked me when I got there, 
they, uh, I had to fill out these papers. It was the same papers I had just filled out with my recruiter. And they asked me uh, if I ever had any injuries in the past year or whatever, which I did. I actually got a concussion playing Australian football. And um, so I'm looking around the room. And it has like these signs that's like, if you lie on here, you'll go to jail. You'll, you, oh owe, my goodness. You to, yeah, you got to pay this fine and stuff like that. And it just scared me. So I was yeah. like, uh, um, okay. So they saw me have that answer on that one sheet and then a different answer on the sheet that I filled out with my recruiter. They sent me into, uh, I don't know if it was a sergeant or some kind of guy's office and he just sat and yelled at me. Oh my goodness. I don't, do I don't know what I'm doing. You know? So he yelled at me. I had to fill out a statement. And yeah. And uh Sorry I lied to the US military. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so he put me in a room and I sat there for six or seven hours watching a marathon of Law and Order SVU. Oh my goodness. So after that I was fed up. Nothing was happening. No one was talking to me. Nothing no one was telling me what was going on and after that, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to call my recruiter. And this is all in Baltimore. So my recruiter came and got me and took me home. And that was it. No phone oh calls goodness. or anything. At 18, I can imagine how scary that would be. Holy cow. It was wild, you know. And I had guys, um, my recruiters always told me like, oh, you're going to go to Hawaii. You know, you're going to be stationed there. And all this. I was like, oh, cool, you know, all stupid. And and all the guys uh, that I was talking to at the place, they were like, what? No, you'll probably go to Afghanistan or Iraq. I was like, what? <laughs> Already? They're like, yeah, man. Because, yeah. you know, I had a horrible score. So I was only, I was able to do like truck driving. So I was going to be able to drive the Humvees and stuff like that or something. But, uh, but yeah, then after that, um, my parents signed me up for school called Dawn Career Institute. <laughs> You ever heard of that? <laughs> Isn't that like beauty school? <laughs> well, they have different things. They have like um, massage therapy they have and massage yeah. therapy, okay. personal training, stuff like that. Right. And yeah, that's where I got, I actually found how much I loved um, personal training and nutrition and just working out in general. I never knew that, you know, I dabbled with working out in high school and stuff. And um, like, we'll get into that because I just did everything wrong with that. But, uh, (laughs) but like, then after that, like all these doors just started to open, you know what I mean? I found out how much, you know, I actually, uh, stepped my toe into the bodybuilding world and stepped on stage a couple of times and got to do that and experience so many different things. And I met so many like different people and my mind is just open to all this like nutrition stuff. You know what I mean? There's so many closed-minded people about it. And like it's like uh, with overall health. You know what I mean? Um, I saw you post something about, uh, what was it? The 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that was me. Even at 13, like that was me. You know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't know if nutrition would help me with that or not because... I was in the same boat where the therapist or the psychologist just said, here's a pill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the pills made me miserable. So, um, your story is, um, 
exciting to hear because how you talk about like those doors opening, finding a passion, like that's kind of exactly what's happening in my life right now, um, which has led me to creating this nutrition practice. Um, and, and yeah, just learn. I mean, I had to learn all of the wrong things first (laughs) before I learned the right things. Um, and the doors closing, uh, for pretty much everything except this, um, it just felt very inspired and felt like God was trying to point me into a direction. And as much as I was like, who me? <laughs> I'm sorry, you think I'm qualified for this? Yeah. Um, you know, working through all of those things, it's it's just pretty incredible to witness. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, were you into nutrition at all, like in high school or anything? Or I thought I was. I thought I was into the right things, which was like, you know, eating uh, things that grew from the earth and nothing more and not too much and counting everything and making it a numbers game. Um, I think, I think there's something to say in the bodybuilding world of, you know, counting what you're taking in and looking Mm -hmm. at what the numbers are. That is a lot of like science and talent and unique to your craft. Um, but for a young teenage girl who's very focused on body image, it can create a pathway of negativity that you don't want to go down. Right. Um, you know, when you start looking at how, how many little calories can I eat today? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it becomes, starts to get dangerous. Um, and luckily I was able to have a shift of mindset before it got to anything medical. Um, but, but having that mindset is kind of what went forced me into the nutrition field because I thought I know what there is to know I'm going to become an expert in it and then I learned like I don't know anything about this (laughs) Um, and that all of those tactics that I was trying to do were were doing more harm than good um and that you know eating foods from the earth yeah that's great but not eating enough is going to just wreak havoc on your body um so I guess I guess we can get a little bit into the backstory of how I came into nutrition. Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay. So um, I did that year at UD in nursing school and quit because it was not for me. Um, Boutonier had a mental breakdown over organic chemistry <laughs> um, and just was like, I can't do this. Um, went for a, a business management degree uh, at Wilmington. Um, I was one of those people who I thought college is stupid. I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go into debt for a piece of paper that says I can work. I'm going to go work. Mm. And my parents were like, Oh honey, but you don't have any skills. <laughs> 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 Which was true. Very true. Um, so went to uh, Wilmington university and got my uh, undergrad in business management while I was working um, because I was adamant to prove that like, I don't need this piece of paper. Um, I finished that uh, as I was, as I had met my husband. So um, we met and I was adamant, like, I'm not doing school anymore. I'm done with this. And then I finished and I just kind of felt stuck and at a crossroads. Like I knew I didn't want to do this. This was kind of at the peak of the, um, how little can I eat today kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I was really starting to kind of get back into my faith. And it was like, what do I do with my life here? Um, I had been watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix. One of them is the fat, sick and nearly dead where mm-hmm. the guy like juices for 90 days straight. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Fed right into my, how little can I eat today? Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I started doing that under the guise of let me be healthy. Um, 
and in his in his the end of his documentary was like you don't have to do 90 days you could just do 10 and I was like that seems more reasonable (laughs) um so I was doing that coupled with getting back into my bible and um I think it was right before I started that fast. I, at the time, my devotionals were just kind of like thumbing through the Bible and then wherever it opens is where I'm supposed to read that day. And it was the chapter in Daniel where um, he is selected from uh, the group of people that he's with, a new king takes over. And he says, instead of, you know, getting rid of all of these people, I want the strongest men for my army. So it's David and his friends that he picks. And he says, um, you know, because you're my soldiers, I want you to have the best of what's on my table. You're going to have the richest food and the finest food. Mm-hmm. Um, and David, I hope I don't get this wrong, was Jewish and none of that food was kosher. And so he asked the guard who was in charge of him saying like, I don't, I don't want to eat that stuff because it goes against my religion. And the guard was like, uh, that king will have my head if I don't like have you eat this food. Like everybody's eating this food. It's going to make them strong and whatever an army needs to be resilient. Um, And David was like, I'll make a deal with you. Feed me and my friends fruits and vegetables for 10 days and see what we look like at the end of it. And that couple verses about the fruits and vegetables for 10 days, I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, (laughs) And at the end of the 10 days, David and his friends were stronger, more physically fit than the rest of the army. And that's when I guess the king was like, okay, like your God is my God. Um, and so it was just kind of like, okay, I feel like I'm being told to do something. Um, so I drug my husband along to Macy's and I bought like the most expensive juicer there was because I didn't know anything about this, pull it out of the box. It has a sticker on it from the documentary, fat, sick, and nearly dead. And I was like, <laughs> that's what I just watched. <laughs> so it was just all of these things just kind of feeding into each other of like, how do I figure out what I want to do with my life? Um, and on day nine of that 10 day juice fast, um, I had like this epiphany. Why don't I go into nutrition? It's something that I think I know a lot about. It's something that I think is my passion. Um, but my my husband's self-employed. So like picking up and moving to a college that offered what I wanted to do in life was not an option. So I was really restricted in finding um, a college that I could do online. And I found New York Chiropractic College. This was, gosh, like two weeks before we got married. So like mid-April, um, found this college, looked up what the Maryland laws were to practice nutrition. This college met all of those things. I called them up and said, how do I apply? And they're like, well, we have an opening in three weeks when semester starts. If you want to apply now, if you can get us everything. And I went, okay. <laughs> so um, we, I submitted everything, got accepted, got married, went on our honeymoon. And like the Monday we got back from our honeymoon, classes started. Oh, wow. So um, and one of the uh, prerequisites to get into this program was a lot of like mm, undergrad health science classes that my business management degree did not fit into, except that one year at UD of nursing school did. So as much as I felt like that year was a waste, it really wasn't, right. at least in terms of getting the degree. So it was like, okay, all right, I see you. Um, <laughs> so... Six months into uh, getting my degree, uh, my husband and I found out that we were expecting our first child, um, not prepared in the least bit mentally, financially, physically for the (laughs) child, Um, but figured, okay, like this is part of the plan. So I finished my degree with a baby strapped to my chest and uh, walked to graduation with a one-year-old, which was pretty awesome. 
uh, and then the next part of that um, experience, I guess, is getting um, a thousand hours of supervised clinical experience. Mm -hmm. And at the time, a few years ago, doing that remotely was like not really heard of. And the credential that I was going for, um, anybody who had it was like two or three hours away. Like I would reach out to people like, hey, can you take an intern on? Like I'm looking to get experience. And they were like, not right now, no. And just that all of those doors seemed to just be closed at that point. And I got really frustrated and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this right now. <laughs> and I just kind of stayed um, working at a job that was in um, modern medicine, like against everything that I really believed in, mm -hmm. um, but it worked. It was close to home, paid the bills. I liked who I worked with. It was, it was okay. Um, and then you know, corporate America happens and there was just things that I was not okay with anymore. And I was like, I, I need to get out. Um, a company that I felt like I had given a lot to just treated me very unfairly, I felt. Um, and I was a little bitter at the time, um, but it, I realized now that it is what has driven me to, I think the path that has been laid out for me. Um, I started looking for other jobs, couldn't find anything. Um, and then just one day I was like, why don't I start looking for nutrition jobs? Like I have this degree that I've never used um, and found like this amazing opportunity. It was beautiful. It like just had stars all around it. I applied, they loved me, I loved them. And then it didn't work out. And that door just like immediately closed. And I was like, okay, well, I'll find some other nutrition jobs and just nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was talking with my dad about how frustrated I was. I was like, this is just like, I, I can't stay somewhere that I'm unhappy. Um, you know, I, I, I need to do something different. And he's like, just do, just do it yourself. You, you've always wanted to do this, just do it. And I was like, but, but, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. all of these excuses. Um, and it was so funny at that time, you know, I opened my Bible again and it was, um, where God calls Moses from the burning bush. And he's like, I need you to lead my people um, to the promised land. And Moses was like, huh? Yeah, me? He said, Who I'm not man? a good speaker. <laughs> uh, I can't speak to Pharaoh. Like I stutter. And God's like, then we've got Aaron. Like just every excuse that Moses had, God mm -hmm. was like, who made you? Like, don't you, like, I think God says, who gave you that mouth or who made right. that mouth? Like, you, you think I don't know that you stutter? Like I gave you this. And it was just like, okay, like <laughs> all of my insecurities and my fears and my, my doubts, you know, I just kept hearing God, like, are, like, are you kidding me? Do you think that I've brought you the past five years of a wasted year of nursing school, <laughs> um, you know, a, a nutrition degree, and here you are, like, you are prepped, you're ready, you're ready to go. Um, so I was able to find a supervision company to offer me um, the hours remotely, which is what I needed. Um, and it just kind of all worked out. Like all of the doors that weren't supposed to open were such blessings, really. Um, and and here I am. I probably took up way too much time. <laughs> no, I mean it's good. It. It's good to hear because you know I kind of I kind of went through the similar things. You know, I went through those times where you know when I finished. Um, so the school I went to, they kind of have a, like a, a career class. So they have a class like I think it's like two to four weeks. And they try and help you find a job. I didn't have a job for six months after uh -huh. school. And I was like, all these gyms were like, oh, you have no experience. I was like, well, how do, how do I gain some if no one's hiring right. me? 
you know? But then finally, this gym took a chance on me, and they saw, like, how passionate I was about, like, helping people, you know? And um, I spent a lot of time there. I spent a lot of time at other gyms. I talked to other people. I worked at a nutrition uh, shop, like, for supplements and stuff like that, which I went into that thinking I knew everything. Mm-hmm. But then I show up, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know any of this, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, it, it just all took me by surprise, and I was just thinking, like, uh, like, what am I doing with this? You know what I mean? Like, is this my thing? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that, um, I talked to my dad before and he was like, we used to pray that, and, and when you were in high school, we used to pray that we, that you found something that you were passionate about. We didn't care what it was, mm-hmm. you know? And to be, for it to be this, I'm just so incredibly blessed because I love it. And to be learning something new every single day, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about clinical nutrition. Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy because there's always new things coming out. There's always um, new trends to argue about. There's always new diets to talk about, you know? Uh, like my aunt is a big um, keto diet person. So now she's doing uh, carnivore. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you're doing it though. Like there's people that just talk about it. Yeah, You know, like she's actually like doing it and eating that way and people can argue like if, if it's right or wrong, but if you, you don't know unless you try it, mm-hmm. even if you look at and, studies. Yeah. And yeah, like my, the Facebook post that I had made about the little boy with celiacs, I mean, or he didn't have celiacs, he had gluten insensitivity. Sorry. Right. Um, you know, what may work for one person isn't going to work for everyone else. You know, there's people who, who say that they love a vegan diet. And then there's people who say they tried it and they just felt sick and terrible. And like, they stuck it out. It wasn't like the, the detoxing flu. It was just, it didn't work for their bodies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you think about it, we all come from different heritages and backgrounds and, you know, people over, um, like in Italy are very much used to eating a lot of fish and olives and tomatoes because that's what grows naturally there. But somebody from South Africa, I mean, they might have, um, you know, different foods because they're going to be looking at different grains and different kinds of animals that grow there. And so just genetically, our bodies are wired different. Um, And I just, I I think you can't, it's not a one size fits all model. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think I learned a lot of that. Um, like just going through the years with like training different people and different age groups. And I've trained people from anywhere from 12 to 90, you know what I mean? And it's so crazy. Like I've trained pregnant women. I've trained, you know, so many people right now I'm just focusing on athletes. So I have um, a couple MMA fighters, you know, and um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's exciting, you know, to go to the fights and just being able to, uh, it's kind of almost weird. Like when I have people, they're like, Oh, good job. I'm like, I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was just telling her what to do, but, um, yeah, but as somebody who like, you know, needs reassurance of like, here's what you should be doing or Hey, great job. Like they, they need somebody in their corner that can help with that. So, Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And to, and to see and to help them with a diet that, um, helps them perform. Uh, like we had a, she wanted, she wanted to be keto for a while and it worked. It worked for a little bit. But and as I, an athlete, that's I mean, what I'm your body is yeah. on glucose. Right. And I told her, and I told her that I was like, your performance will start to go down, but right now it's fine. You know, as mm-hmm. long as you're good and you feel good on it, then we'll stick with it. But then, 
you know, I, I think it was like the second or third fight. And she was like, yeah, I'm just not feeling this anymore. I need like carbs. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you sure do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your brain and your body. Yeah. So what do you, um, what part of like health really like intrigues you? Like, is it like the mental part? Like, I know you talk about like mental health and gut health and stuff like that. Like what really like grabs your attention? That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the reason I thought that I wanted to be a nurse is because I'm just fascinated by how the body works. Um, Just how every like system in our body and our like just everything integrates and functions in a way that makes us who we are. Um, and I, I just think that's fascinating how you can have a circulatory system and a digestive system and bones and muscles and like they, they just all fit in one package and it works. Um, and most of the time it works pretty well. Um, and so learning how what we put in our body, like the truly like we are what we eat, um, affects how those different systems operate. Um, so I'm recently learning about the mental health nutrition portion of it that there's um, consumption and absorption issues. So either you're not taking enough of something in or your body isn't able to process to the next stage to make what you need. So like in mental health, um, you know, you have your happy hormones and your body makes hormones from fats. So if you're not taking in enough healthy fats, then your body's not going to be able to make those hormones because there's nothing to make it from. Mm. Um, Or there's the other portion where you are eating enough fats, but the three-step process, you're not able to get to that third step. So that's where somebody might need medication, Um, but not for everybody. Maybe you're just somebody who's not taking in enough fats and you're not able to make the right hormones and just changing your diet a little bit might save you from taking a pill. Um, So I think that's pretty fascinating. Um, Other niches that I think I might like, Um, you know, being a mom has definitely made me interested in women's health and postpartum care, definitely for sure, especially the physical need of nutrition after having a child and also the mental (laughs) need of supporting your body. Um, I think gut health is just kind of expanded across all of it. Um, I think like 80 or 90% of your immune system is made in your gut. So Mm -hmm. if you're not feeding it, then you're going to be somebody who's either sick a lot or on your way to being sick. Um, so all of those things fascinate me, but I don't want to uh, pigeonhole myself into a niche yet because there's just yeah, so yeah. much I don't know um, that I like want to learn all of it before I decide where I want to go. So oh yeah, I completely understand. I mean, I'm in the same way. Like I have opinions of stuff like here and there, you know. Uh, like I've become someone that's big on just like your overall health and what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think people what people do is. And I seen I saw it a lot actually when um, I worked at a supplement store, and people would come in, and I'll the first thing I would ask them, "Do you know what this does?" They'd be like, "Oh, yeah, uh, it helps you lose weight." They're, I'm like, "Okay, where do you um, how do you how do you know that?" Oh, well, my buddy took it. You know, I'm like, "Oh, so you're just taking it because your friend took it and it worked for them." You know what I mean? So I'm always, I'm always trying to like give people a little bits of education also. Um, Mm -hmm. not trying to make them feel stupid or anything. You know, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody is unique and and things are going to affect somebody a lot differently depending on their history. I mean, from a a clinical nutrition standpoint, you can say celery juice helps reduce blood pressure. 
Um, so everybody should, who has high blood pressure should take some celery juice. But if somebody's on a high blood pressure medication that's already lowering it, and then you give them celery juice, like they're gonna start fainting. Like right. <laughs> their blood pressure is just gonna bottom out. So there's all of those like nuanced things that you're right. It can't just be, well, so and so does it, so that's what I'm gonna do. Right, and then I have you know I, we all see these people that are on these pyramid scheme type of uh, diets and things like that. You know all the shakes and mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular and she, uh, she was like, Oh, well you can, uh, be off medications if you eat like this or whatever. You know what I mean? She's eating like 1200 calories or less or less. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, Ugh. like, I just want so bad. Just to, like, <laughs> say, nah. You know, but I don't like, That's I don't like, argue, yeah, I don't like arguing on Facebook. I think it's pointless unless I can You're do it in person. Right. Mind. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, and it's just things like that, you know, I think, um, cause a lot of people, if you don't know things, you tend to believe anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I feel like I saw this poster in high school on like every wall. Like if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's exactly what it is, you know? And then I think, um, nutrition is one of the biggest parts of that. So part of that is, so there's no national requirements for nutrition. They've left that up to the states to decide how they want to regulate that. And every state is different. So I'm in a state that in order to practice nutrition, you have to be licensed. You have to have the education, you have to have the experience, and you have to have like a license, like a doctor would go get a medical license. Um, In, I want to say Delaware and Pennsylvania, that's not a requirement. You can call yourself a nutritionist after you just went to... I don't know, veterinary school, like anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, and now with the internet, anybody can just say anything and appear as a professional. And it's, it's scary. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it it all comes down to that person that wants the help. They have to be smart enough to actually do their research Mm -hmm. and, you know, see what they're doing. I think, I think bodybuilding is the biggest um, industry where that happens. You see a lot of people, they'll compete a couple times and then they're a coach. I'm like, bro, I had to go to school. I had to get a certification. I had actually, you know, I have multiple certifications. And when I, when I have free time, um, going to the gym is something that I enjoy doing physically and mentally. It's exactly. like that mental break that I need. Um, and I think, Hey, let me see, uh, how I should get more muscles on Instagram. And like, they're like, you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody who says that they know about it. And then I see okay. like, join my 30 day nutrition plan. And I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of nutrition plan are they advising? And you're right. I mean, it's just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and uh, also like with, uh, like the fitness industry and things like that, um, they'll give you the same thing they eat. Because it worked for them. Because it worked for them. I'm like, that's not how you do it. That's actually how I started off in the beginning. I used to train people the way I I worked out. And these people would leave throwing up all the time. Oh. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? You know? And um, finally, I figured it out. I was like, hey, man, like, you can't make them work out the way you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One, you have different goals. Two, different body types. Three, they're just starting and you've been doing it for years. You know, there's a whole different thing and it just took years of learning and I'm still learning. And I love, I actually think I love learning more than I do like 
just know acting like I know everything. You know what I mean? Like people that yeah. act like they know everything. I'm like, shut up. There's so much more <laughs> out there. I know. I, I feel like such a nerd when I tell people like, I'm just a lifelong student. Like, <laughs> right. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But, um, so what, what else do you think could, uh, what could we do as people? So instead of sending someone to get pills for their, uh, like depression or anxiety or stuff like that. Like, do you think it would be better or more beneficial to actually see a nutritionist first? Like someone like an actual, like a thousand percent. Yeah. I'm biased. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, gosh, a lot of our, at least in our country, the health issues stem from our diet. Like, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, like all of that are just inflammatory conditions. Um, There's, I really love the way of thinking that, so like Western allopathic medicine, which is just like traditional here, take a pill, um, looks at you either, you have a disease or you don't. Um, You know, if you, if your blood pressure is over 150 over 90 or 130 over 90, depending on which governing body you're listening to, you know, if it's consistently over that specific number, you have high blood pressure and you need to take a pill to lower it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, but is it, I don't want to put the blame on on the medical system because people want that easy fix too. They're like, well, I could take a pill every day, or I could change how I grocery shop, change how I make my food, go for a walk every day. And like, that's a lot of work. We live in a culture where like we are go, go, go. And you add anything else in and we just don't have time for it. So Mm -hmm. give me the pill. Um, there's a lot of really, what I find really cool, um, information on drug induced nutrient depletion. So you're going to give somebody a pill for their high blood pressure because they don't feel good. Um, but that pill is actually going to deplete one of your micronutrients, CoQ10 and CoQ10 is like super necessary for your heart to work properly. And if it doesn't, um, or if you're depleted in that, you're going to start to have low energy. Um, and you're just going to feel fatigued and stuff. So like, you're going to take this pill, but then it's not really going to help you feel any better. And you're going to not be able to have like a vital nutrient that you need. Um, so it's really fascinating that we think that the medications that we're taking are helpful to us. Um, but what are they doing in the background? Like, what are all of those other ingredients doing that we don't know about? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not something that would show up after six months of use, but after people are on a blood pressure medication for 40 years, and you've been depleted of that, like, what does that do to your bodies? So I think that's a piece that's definitely missing that when people go to the doctor because they don't feel good and the doctor's like, here you go, you know, mm-hmm. we're not following up with them of, yeah. you know, how are you feeling? Does this work? I mean, we are in the short term, but without looking at those other long-term effects. And I feel like something as, you know, okay, you're going to the doctor because you don't feel good and you have high blood pressure. Like, drink some celery juice. (laughs) Um, you know, and that, and that, that's it. Like, I I just feel like there, it's such a, a nutrition can, is such a simple tool to use. It's not simple, but it's a simple tool that we can use Mm -hmm. to really just help optimize our bodies to feel better, um, without creating longer term effects. Yeah. And it's crazy because like, I really try and push it like, especially with my wife, my wife, um, has epilepsy. So she's on a lot of like anti-seizure meds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And only God knows what it's going to do in the long term. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? They have no studies on it whatsoever. You know, it's all, it's all about like, all right, we'll see what happens, you know? There and is research that a ketogenic diet can help reduce the number of symptoms, which is yeah. interesting. And that's one of the first things that we actually tried. And it's just something that she can't do. You yeah. know, she physically just can't um, just handle that kind of like, uh, I think being keto is kind of, it takes a different discipline. You know Absolutely. I mean? Especially when you're I'm used Italian, to So I need like the pasta oh, right. and the bread. Like I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, um, you know, we've tried the keto, tried, uh, still still implementing cbd here and there mm-hmm. you know she's found that it works uh a lot of times you know but there's still things that we're playing around with but um you know i'm really focused on she's actually seeing my old um nutritionist i saw for my 2014 uh bodybuilding competition um so she goes to her like a couple times a month and then follows up with her so then that way she knows what she can eat because I'm worried about, I'm not worried about right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not even worried about weight loss or anything. I'm worried about the long term. Yeah. You know what I mean? And with me, uh, when I was younger, I was on Adderall mm-hmm. for a long time. And I actually got to a point where, which is weird. So when I was on it in high school and I wanted to gain weight, I wanted to get big. You know, I've always had this complex where I hated my body and stuff like that. I wanted to get, I wanted to be big, you know, I was always a little guy. Sidebar, I feel like that is a topic that is not covered enough in nutrition is um, body uh, appearance in men. Oh, yeah, yeah, like how oh, men use their bodies. Of course, and I'm a, I can be a huge advocate of it because I, ever since I was little, I can't remember, you know, but I have a huge story about it, but um. So yeah, so on Adderall, I lost, I was probably like 160 and I got down to 120. I think that was in 10th grade. Wow. And um, I went to the doctor. He's like, he's like, you're losing weight rapidly. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything different. Like I'm working out. And he was like, are you on any pills? I was like, Adderall. And it curbed my appetite so much. I didn't want to eat. I never mm-hmm. ate anything. You know what I mean? So then it got to a point where I was just like, um, my mom would try and like, put it in my mouth and I would hide it under my tongue and then spit it out. You know, it, you know, but I mean, it did its job. It made me focus. Yeah. But at what but expense? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So there's gotta be different so ways hard. that, right. there's gotta be different ways to, uh, you know, especially as a parent, like figure out ways to help your kid do better instead of just throwing them a pill, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, as, as a parent, you want to do the right thing, but there's so much information and misinformation out there that it's like, what is the right thing to do? Like, you're just trying to do your best. And, you know, I think we were raised in a culture where something's wrong and you go to the doctor and they give you a pill for it and you just say, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I, the more I, I get into my faith and the more that I look at nutrition and how you can just use food to heal your body, I feel like God gave us everything that we need for a helpful life. Um, we just kind of have to figure out what that is. Um, so hmm. that's just my philosophy. <laughs> and different subjects. So I actually, uh, like, you know, I grew up in a Christian family, Christian school my whole life, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And um, I was in a battle. I was in a battle with God, you know what I mean? I didn't want any part of it. But then like two years ago, I think it was two years ago, something like that. Like 
I've just, I just kind of recognized everything God's doing in my life. And I was like, God, you're really trying to reel me in. Like you're really trying, you know what I mean? And then ever since then, like I was thinking about it last night, I was like, ever since then, my life has just gotten better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, so my question to you is, is like, how much, how much does faith play a part in your decision making and all these kind of things in your life, you know? So I feel like my journey in faith, like I started going to church with my family when I was seven, went to a Christian school. Like I've always been immersed in it. Um, and I felt like I had the knowledge, like the, the fact checking portion of it down, but the actual like feeling, believing of it, uh, I feel like I kind of went in and out of it a lot. Um, which is normal because, you know, we look at ourselves and, you know, everything's going great and we're like, cool, cool. I'm doing this on my own. And then like, you know, I forget to do a devotional and then I get out of it. And then it's been six months since I've even opened my Bible and like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm doing things the right way. And then I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm getting really frustrated at my kids. Like, you know, am I gossiping at work? Am I like not doing like, if somebody looked at me, would they be able to tell like, is that person a Christian? And so I go through kind of like these ups and downs in my um, closeness in my faith. Um, But I have found that whenever there's been a big decision in my life, whether it's to go to school, to get married, to do anything, that's when I really have like fallen back on that because it's something that has always been there for me. It's a constant. Um, One of the things that annoyed me so bad growing up in life, whenever there was a big decision, my dad would say, we're going to sleep on it. Um, I remember going car shopping and there was one that I was like, yes, this is the one that I want. I'm going to buy it. And he's like, nope, we're going to go home and we're going to sleep on it. And he's like, no, (laughs) but now that's definitely what I do, except it's not sleeping on it. It's praying about it. Um, And you know, I, I used to wonder, like, how can somebody feel like God is talking to them? Like, how do they know that that's the right decision? Um, but if like the last few years have taught me anything, it's that like God knows that we're dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. God knows oh, that yeah. we will question and we will doubt and we will be like, yeah, but maybe I can do it better. And like, gosh, like we just we literally need the burning bush. Like, it's no wonder that he did that to Moses. And even then Moses was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I just, I have to trust that God will use people to talk to me. He uses circumstances to talk to me. Um, so I feel like faith definitely plays an impact, at least in the big decisions that I make, um, probably should more in the smaller decisions, but working on it. Right. All right. I'm trying to pull up, um, Facebook because I saw a lot of people have some interesting questions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It's cool that you have a following that engages. You know what I mean? I love that. You know, I feel like I have a very uh, alternative view in life. So I have to find like the people who share that view. Because um, otherwise it just makes you feel like you're crazy. What do you mean by alternative alternative uh, view? Oh, just like, you know, when my husband is feeling sick and I'm like, here, drink some pineapple juice, take some elderberry, like go to oh, bed, that, oh, don't okay, take yeah, the Advil, yeah. you'll be fine. Right, right, <laughs> Whereas right. people are like, shouldn't you go to the doctor, <laughs> take an antibiotic? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll tell you, so, I'll tell you one thing is I really, um, I'm not a big fan of the doctor at all. I always try and figure out myself, you know, but also if it was like, uh, if it was my wife or my, if I had, if I had a kid, uh, I think it would be different. I might go to the doctor, but for me, 
I, nah. I deal with it myself and I'll figure it out. But, um, uh, where's that question at? Because I like this one. I love... <clears throat> okay, so this has been a big thing for me with the whole COVID-19, mm-hmm. right? And no one talks about how to um, keep yourself healthy. No one talks about how to uh, boost your immune system. No one talks about like health. They all care about if you wear a mask or not. You and let's I mean? wait for a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, um, so what would you say would be like some things that uh, people could do for their immune system or for their health? You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, okay. I am not a medical professional. <laughs> I'm not a medical doctor. I cannot oh, yeah, uh, prescribe yeah. or diagnose. Let me just put that disclaimer there. Right. Neither um, of us. Yeah. Doing these things is not going to absolutely prevent you from getting COVID-19, but it will right. support your immune system to help your body be more prepared should you come across it. Okay. Right. Disclaimer done. <laughs> um, I do have liability insurance. <laughs> um, so uh, we talked about gut health and how like 80% of your gut is your immune or you 80% of your immune system is in your gut. Right. Um, so you want to do things that are going to help support your gut. You're going to want to avoid sugar or added sugar, at least anyway. Um, sugar is just super inflammatory and is like probably the root of, I don't know, most of our issues in our country, um, health wise anyway. Uh, you're going to want to eat a lot more vegetables. Um, vegetables have basically all of the micronutrients that your body needs to help support itself. Um, you're going to want to eat, uh, unprocessed foods basically. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a quote by Michael Pollan that I love. It's eat real foods, mostly plants, not too much. Um, and that's how I try and live. Um, I consume everything, whether it's meat from animals or dairy or anything like that. Um, it just, you know, the quality of the foods that you're eating, um, the quantity of like the ratios of what you're eating, which I'm sure is huge in bodybuilding and mm-hmm. um, stuff. Uh, so really focusing on like a clean diet, um, processed foods just have chemical stuff that our body doesn't know how to process. Um, you know, we inundate our bodies with things that are unfamiliar to our natural state and our bodies go, What? And they kind of flare up in that inflammatory state. So you're already on edge. So then you come in contact with a sickness, whether it's flu or COVID. And, you know, that's going to cause more inflammation. So you're already in an inflamed state. And then there's more inflammation on top of it. And our bodies don't like that. So that's going to have a negative impact. So you want to do things that reduce that inflammation in your body. So that should should you come in contact with something inflammatory, you're in a more relaxed state. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not mentally, but physically, there's not as much stress on the body. Um, sleep, I think is one of the huge, uh, health things that we don't talk about enough. Um, our bodies need sleep to refresh, restore, rebalance, like just as like that good reset. And so if you're not getting enough sleep, your, your stress hormones are going to be high, which is going to cause a state of inflammation in the body. Um, so like getting good sleep, I think is definitely essential for good health. Um, hydrating. Uh, I don't think people drink enough water. Um, I mean, certainly you can enjoy other beverages, but water is definitely like 
we're like a plant. <laughs> There's a meme that I love that is basically just like you are an emotional, more complicated version of a house plant. <laughs> you need water, you need sunlight, you need love. Um, so hydrating, definitely. Um, and nourishing the gut. So eating foods that are gut nourishing, um, you know, making sure that you have a, a good diverse gut bacteria and that you have the, the healthy bacteria and not enough of the bad bacteria. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think if you do those things, you still might catch COVID-19, but I think you'll be oh, better yeah. off. Yeah. 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 Uh, cause even, I mean, even wearing, even like we know people that have worn the mask, they've social distanced, they've worn gloves, they did all these other things and they still got it. So either way, you know, people can end up getting it, but what do you think? Um, oh, and going outside for sure. You need some sunlight. Oh, Vitamin yeah. D is good for the immune system. Yeah, I mean, and also, what do you think about? Because I think in order to boost your immune system, you have to uh, be exposed to the elements. You have to, you know, have things attack your body so it can be stronger. You know what I mean? There if, is like, okay, so there's science behind that. It's called the hygiene hypothesis. Okay. And it's basically about how, especially like our generation and like with our kids, we have started living in this bubble where we disinfect everything and we clean everything and we wash everything to the point that like, there's no good bacteria. We as humans, and I think every animal has this like symbiotic relationship with these tiny little microscopic bacteria that really help us do everything in life. Um, and if we are constantly cleaning and getting rid of that, we're getting rid of the good stuff too. So we are basically a clean slate with no uh, defense system. Uh, we don't have an army to attack when there's a, an invading virus, bacteria, right. what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that we definitely focus far too much on like just everything being perfectly disinfected. Like, I don't know. I send my kids, I'm like, go eat dirt. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like he'll be eating grass and my husband's like, I'm like, it's fine. It's fiber. It's good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so how much, um, cause I heard that we don't get a lot of, I don't know if you know this or not. I don't, uh, that we don't get a lot. Like there's vitamin D in the sunlight and stuff like that, but we don't, there's not a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like, should we take a supplement or anything like that? So my recommendation, I feel like a lot of people are vitamin D deficient, but it's because they're not spending enough time outside or okay. they are and they're putting sunscreen on. Um, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But sunscreen is going to block the, the UV rays from your body being able to accept that and use it to generate vitamin D in your body. So I feel like, and maybe I'm just not familiar with what you have mentioned, um, but that it's not so much that there's not enough vitamin D from the sun, but that our, we as a culture don't spend enough time outside in order to get it, um, which would just be like 20 minutes a day, maybe a couple times during the day. Um, that's really all you need. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, most of the population is definitely vitamin D deficient. Um, but again, there could be another uh, chemical imbalance in your body where maybe you're not able to make that. Um, and then I think supplementation, yeah, that could be something to consider. Okay. Cause so when I talk to people about supplementation too, I always tell them first to get their levels checked to make sure they actually are deficient mm -hmm. in, you know, something like that. Is that something that you would do? Um, 
Yes, uh, I would actually air that most of the population has some form of micronutrient deficiency. Right. Um, I don't know that many people would have a surplus unless they're on a medication or taking a supplement or just eating one kind of food all day, every day. Um, I think, yes, knowing where your levels are definitely would help impact your health because you would know where to focus on which foods to consume or, or how to spend your day. Right. What are your thoughts on like, um, like CBD and like, uh, marijuana and stuff like that? <laughs> well, you're like a holistic person, you know what I mean? I didn't know if you'd be into that or not. All right. So surprisingly, I have never tried marijuana. Um, I think I want to change that. Right. <laughs> um, I have tried CBD oil. Right. Um, I, I really haven't done enough like research on the studies done on it. Yeah. Um, but knowing that it is a plant that Native Americans have used uh, for all sorts of ailments, uh, I think... I really love the Native American philosophy that they just kind of really value what the earth has given us um, and that they never put anything to waste. Um, I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know, credibility in what they did. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a natural plant that uh, when used properly can definitely help alleviate a lot of ailments. I've used it myself um, for, like just like some mild anxiety. Um, and I have to say that the effects were kind of just like drinking a glass of wine without the brain fog and without feeling yeah. yucky the next morning. It just kind of had like this like <sighs> effect on me. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly I don't know what the scientific word for that is. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how, that's how you explain it. You just, <sighs> mm-hmm. you know, it's a deep breath of like relaxation mm-hmm. that just comes over you. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I'm not a big like marijuana person. Uh, I do know that, you know, I've seen it help people, you know, with recovery, with different ailments. Um, and CBD does the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. you just gotta be careful, right? It's just like, you just gotta, it's another, it's just one of those other things too, is just, you have to do your research because you're going to find CBDs that have THC in it. You're going to find it when they don't. Yeah. I think a lot of that is knowing, and it's same thing with food, knowing your supplier, knowing your, um, your grower. Um, knowing the quality that they've used in the growing, harvesting, packaging, distribution process to make sure that what you're getting is a, a clean, whole product. Right. And then um, along with your nutrition, you're certified as a, what it was it? Lactation? A certified breastfeeding specialist. Breastfeeding yeah. specialist. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions I got about that. <laughs> but, okay, so... Um, like my base, my basic one, I don't really have an opinion. I was trying to think like how it would make me feel about breastfeeding in public. Mm. What, like, what are your feelings on that? So, um, from a nutrition standpoint, like you're, like you're feeding your child. Like if this wasn't 2020, if this was 1920, like maybe bottles were a thing back then, but if this was 1820, I mean, that's just what women did. There's historical pictures I I find fascinating that is like a group of people, like mixed company, men, women, children, everybody, and women just like feeding their child just, and everybody's just fine with it because that's what they did. Um, I think there's the attitude of the mother to come into play. Like I know for me, like it's a modesty thing. Like I don't want to just like yeah. a boob out. <laughs> Um, especially not like 
in a restaurant when like my husband is right there and he's worried that other people, but that's like my own thing. That's, mm -hmm. that's, I would never put that on another woman. Like if she's comfortable to do that, like, what do I care? Um, I think there's a lot of cultural things that have happened that have made women feel like they can't do that. Um, there's laws in all 50 states that it is perfectly legal to breastfeed in public. Mm -hmm. And I think if people don't like it, they can look away. Yeah. And then like one of the things I was thinking about is like, there's some weird people out there, you know? So yeah. I was like, what if it's like dudes that like sexualize that? You know and there I mean? are, um, that's, that's their own issue. Like right. I am a mother and my child is hungry and I'm not going to let him cry because you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So do you know anything, um, about, I think, what was it about? I think something about like filtering breast milk for like women that have been on like medications and they're scared about what that will do to the baby yeah. and stuff like that. So your breast milk is made from your blood. So when you're taking medications, um, the amount that comes through uh, can be very minimal for most medications. Most medications, it's very safe to breastfeed on. Um, there are a few uh, that you would want to just have your doctor check on. Um, and I think it's very similar with women who drink alcohol and breastfeed. Um, they're concerned about what's coming through the milk to baby. Um, so it's, it gets into the science of like the half-life of a medication um, and how quickly your body metabolizes it. But if you're on a pill that you take once a day, um, you know, if you take it in the morning and by the evening, you know, you're already feeling like that pill is wearing off, then that's kind of no longer in your system. There's definitely, uh, exceptions to that. Like, so pain medication, you don't want to be taking and breastfeeding. Um, but again, there's ways around that. There's ways to still okay. do it safely. Right. Um, like switching to a different kind of medication that a doctor would be much more skilled at. <laughs> right. And there's also something that you know, I hear about all the time is like the, the difference between breastfeeding and just like the regular formula. Mm -hmm. So, and I heard it's because of the, um, the IGF one and breast milk. Is there enough to like really change the outlook of the kid, like to the size and stuff? Yeah. Like that? I mean, it's, it's pretty surprising. Um, and it's, not to get like political about it, but the formula companies have been really good at what they do. Okay. Um, when formula first came out, they, they marketed to women that like you, your body can't make everything that a baby needs. Like we've, we've done the work for you. Right. Um, your body can't possibly create all of the, the ratios of the proteins and the fats and the carbs and the, the micronutrients that your baby needs to thrive. We've done science for that. <laughs> um, and so a lot of women, um, like basically probably like our parents age, um, our parents were probably mostly fed formula because that's what their doctors told them, because that's what the formula companies were telling them right. is that we've done the research and the science, and this is what's best for your baby. And so that's what everybody pushed. Um, and now we have research that says that that's not true. Um, not to mention thousands of years of people surviving <laughs> when breast milk was the only option. Right. Um, the science actually shows that there's, uh, properties in breast milk that are better for baby. Um, you, baby's getting hormones from mom. So the growth hormones that help 
regulate their body. I mean, hormones control everything in our body. Mm -hmm. Formula is not, that's not something that it's able to produce. Um, our bodies are able to transfer antibodies in milk. So like I had the chicken pox as a kid, I still have those antibodies. So my kid who, um, you know, doesn't have exposure to chicken pox or anything like that is going to show antibodies to that because he's gotten it through my milk. Um, so that's not something that formula can provide. So it's formula is definitely there for when it's needed. My first, I had to supplement for a short period of time just because there's a supply issue. Um, so it's definitely, uh, there for a purpose. However, there's advantages to breast milk that formula just can't live up to. Man, that's so crazy. And that's what really kind of helped, uh, deepen my faith even further. Like I had the nutrition thing, like how cool is it that like you can eat a sweet potato and it helps you see better because it's got the beta carotene, like not really, but (laughs) you know, there's all of these like natural things for food. And then when I got the, uh, the breastfeeding specialist certification, it was just like truly amazing how our bodies are designed to just continue, um, you know, what does God tell us to do? Uh, be fruitful, like, mm-hmm. you know, and prosper, like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he, he designed it all that we can do that. Like there, there's even different growth charts for kids, um, at the pediatrician's offices for formula fed and breastfed babies, because breastfed babies don't grow as quickly. Um, formula is you get it from the can and that's it. Whereas breast milk changes over the course of your breastfeeding journey. So when they're little, it's, it's got different components in it than when they would be when they're two years old. Mm. Um, so it just kind of helps grow with baby. And another thing, like we touched on it before is, um, like, I just want to hear your thoughts on like, uh, have you struggled with any, any kind of like body dysmorphia or anything throughout your life? Or if you probably, yes, probably. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. I know, I mean, that's another thing. Like, uh, I don't struggle with it too much now. Um, but it's always, it's been a huge thing for me and it's weird coming from a guy because it's, it's, it's not heard of, you know what I mean? You don't really hear that too much. I feel like it's only weird because we don't hear about it. I feel like it shouldn't be weird. (laughs) Like, why is it okay for women to talk about how I've struggled with how I've looked for the past 20 years, but a guy says it and it's like, ew, like (laughs) that's not how it should be. Like you know, women are all about like, you know, let's talk about it. Let's get this more out in the open. Like, I think men should have that same privilege. Yeah. So like, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about like mine. And the first moment I realized is when I was in middle school, I was brought up to play varsity and, and soccer. So practice was shirts and skins. You know what I mean? These dudes had chest hair. These dudes had abs. I look down and I just see my little but like belly and stuff like that. And I'm trying, I'm trying to play soccer while I'm sucking in and stuff like that, right? And I was always a short kid. And so there was times I would go home and just cry because of how short I was. And I was I used to be made fun of how short I was. So I try and like stretch myself, like hang from the ceiling or whatever they do, you know. I guess that works. I don't know. No, it didn't work. <laughs> No, but, um, but then I came across a video and a guy, he was a bodybuilder and he talked about how he was like, I've always been a short guy. So what's he's, he was like, I thought the best thing, what would be the best thing next in line I can do? He said, get bigger. And I was like, that's what I need to do. You know? Um, so 
so I got my first weight set. I started lifting when I out like throughout high school. And then, you know, after high school, I was at a dead end job and didn't think I was going anywhere in my life. And this girl comes up and like pokes me in my stomach and says, ha Ben, you're getting a belly. And I was like, <gasps> and that hit a nerve again, go home and cry. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's something that, you know, uh, I don't struggle with too much anymore. Cause I'm more focused on my health. I'm more focused on longevity and, um, my brain function and just different things like that, because I just want to be an old man that can do stuff. Yeah. I hate seeing old people that are like not even that old and they just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some yeah. people can't help it and stuff like that. So I'm not talking about them, but the people that can help it, you know, the people that have health issues just because of their weight. I have people like that in my family. Induced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just irritating. And that's what drives me is to not be that way. You know, if there's something that I can deal with and that I can control, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? um, to help answer your question. Yeah, I think I definitely had body dysmorphia. I mean, everybody, I think every girl in high school is like, oh, I'm so fat. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And like to look at pictures of myself now when I was in high school, I'm like, oh my God, like eat a burger. <laughs> um, and I only say that about myself. I don't say that about any other skinny woman. Um, thin women, sorry. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely uh, some like obsessive uh, tendencies of like, you know, can you see my ribs? Can you see my hip bones? And then like, I want people to be able to see them. I want people to say to me, like, you need to eat a cheeseburger because then I have officially achieved or attained that ultimate status of being skinny. Um, and it, it's so interesting now to learn that um, there was a term in school that they used. It's called SOFI, uh, S-O-F-I, skinny outside, fat inside. Mm. So it's people who have a very slender, thin, small body frame, but they have terrible cholesterol. They have really high blood pressure. And on the, on the inside of their body, it looks like they're a fat person because wow. they have inundated their body with terrible foods. Um, but they look nice on the outside right. kind of thing. And so it was all about how, you know, appearances do not matter. Um, there's a new way of thinking now it's haze healthy at every size. Um, so regardless of someone's appearance on the outside, you know, they could be healthy on the inside. We don't know. However, it's when the healthy choices lead to poor medical outcomes. Like that's when it starts to become a problem. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah. That was a long, a lot of information to share that like, yes, I did struggle with body image and, uh, trying to look a certain way, but I feel like those struggles led me to a career in nutrition. Um, and now like I don't have abs, like I do have a small belly pooch when I sit, but I have birthed two children. So, uh, like I'll take it. Um, I, I'm not 18 years old anymore and I don't want the body of an 18 year old because Mm. I don't want to be that 18 year old. She was insecure and she cared way too much about what other people thought and how she looked and like, same. (laughs) so like if having the the more mental clarity now comes with not being a size two like i'm okay with that yeah i mean i feel exactly the same way you know what i mean it's crazy and uh 
And not to mention just people's bone structures are different. Like I struggled so hard to like look like my friend in high school because she was a supermodel, but like my hip bones just sat wider. Like I was never going to fit into a smaller pant size because my bone structure just wasn't built that way. And I tried to fight it and fight it. And if I eat less then maybe I get, and just, ugh. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I was on that path to my goal was to be a pro bodybuilder and I did everything that I had to do to become that, you know what I mean? Um, where it was putting, yeah, putting things into my body. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And it was, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing when you have social media and you have, you know, all these things coming at you left and right telling you what you should, what you should look like. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you're such a young, impressionable age. I feel like middle school, early high school, you know, if you're fed the wrong information, like that ingrains in your brain forever. Like, yeah. you know, you think a certain, like there's times now where, you know, I just go about my day and I have a thought and I'm like, where did that come from? And I realize it's from like bad information from middle school, mm. you know, the psychology of how we develop and what we believe about ourselves. Like that's such an impressionable age. And so if you start to have that body dysmorphia at that point, like something that you can struggle with forever, like, oof. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And it's, that's why you got to find that like self-love. You got to find that love for yourself. And that way it's easier for you to, you know, uh, take care of other people and be there for other people. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. You know, and I talk about that all the time. Like I just started, uh, running again because the whole reason is because I need, I was like, I need to do something different. I need to switch something up to, because also the whole COVID thing kind of made me think like, what am I doing about my health? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I kind of still eat like a bodybuilder, but, uh, but you are one, but yeah, kind of, <laughs> I guess, you know, I still, I still work out and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, I wanted to run. I wanted to do something that I hate doing, you know, and I think that's just so great for your mentality. And, mm-hmm. you know, in my last podcast, I talked about it and I'm, I'm just, it's just like, you know, I was always told by my dad, you got to do stuff in life that you don't want to do. You know what I mean? Don't you hate it when your parents are right. I hate it. I never, I never thought they would be right. You know, but then I always like come up with things. I'm like, wait, who told me that? Wait, my dad told me that. There's no way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. It's a wild thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely witnessed that too, especially on this journey of like doing something on my own and getting out there and trying to like overcome those fears. Like I very much live with like some mild form of anxiety of like, I have to do it perfectly or else I can't do it at all. Um, and that just creates analysis paralysis and I do nothing because I don't want to make a mistake. Um, and I've recognized that like, I, I I can't do that (laughs) and do what I want to do and be what I want to be. Like everything that I want is just on the other side of that fear. And I just have to get through it. And Nine times out of 10, when I've done the thing that is afraid, that has caused me to be afraid, I'm like, oh, that wasn't that scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that's what it's going to be with this podcast at the end of this. I'm going to be like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah. So I totally get what you mean. Doing something that you hate and something that you think you're not going to like, and then you do it and you're like, okay, all right, I can do this. Yeah. I mean, you, you either realize like, hey, that's not really that bad. Or then you see like how much it actually helps you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't even run for the physical part of it. It's all for my mental my mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think um the stronger I am with that, like that's gonna take me places that like just being physically strong is not gonna take me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, Absolutely. And that's what I constantly try and build. And, and that's why I love talking to like people like you and just like other people on a, on a podcast, because you get different thoughts and different from different things in different areas of life. Mm-hmm. You know I know. I, mean? I see, I mean, you know, it's a chaotic political environment right now. And so many people are like, if you believe this then delete me, and if you feel that way, then just, you know, don't be friends with me. And I'm like, how are we ever going to grow as people? If we only put ourselves in a silo of like only listening to people who think like us. Right. Um, so I, you know, I disagree with people, but I still value their input. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Learning. Because yeah, you, can, you can disagree with them on politics, but you may agree with them with everything else. And I'm not going to yeah. lose my relationship with you because we disagree on one key aspect. Yeah. And it's funny because, uh, I talked to this, this one guy who is, um, completely, not completely the opposite, but kind of mostly opposite of me politically. And also he's an atheist, but he has a lot of questions for me for being an atheist. He has a lot of questions about my faith. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm happy to answer him. I'm happy to talk to him about it. But um, those are two huge things that people hate talking about with people, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Disney and Disney World and stuff like, dude, like we're on we're on the same <laughs> we're on the same thing. Like, you know, I got a um, I don't know if you can see my diffuser. I do. Door. I'm actually intrigued. Like, what kind of essential oils you have in there? It's called um, uh, crap, pixie dust. Okay. Yeah, and it smells like pineapples. So, cause, <laughs> so I have a Disney problem, and I swear. yeah. So, <laughs> so we got these uh, essential oils from like uh, it's called Magic Candle Company. Okay. So they got candles that smell like places in Disney and stuff like that. So this is actually like a pineapple smell, and it just makes and me. Where is that from in Disney? Uh. It's called like a pineapple Dole Whip. Yeah. It's like the it's like an ice cream kind of thing, you know. Okay. So it's kind of like uh, Hawaiian-y. but nice. like yeah. So we have ones from like different rides or resorts and stuff like that, and I don't know. It's just <laughs> it makes me feel good. <laughs> well, then there you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, that's all you need it for. Aromatherapy. Yeah. Right. So I'm all for it in the natural world. Yeah. There you go. So I like to end these things with like just hearing what motivates you. What is your mindset, you know, going into, so you just started like this nutrition thing, like you, like not too long ago, right? No. Um, I think I got my license back probably just last month. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. so my, my, like to have a business for the state, my business license. Yeah. So and you just started taking uh, clients like I a couple love, days ago, right? But- Hmm? You just started taking clients like a couple of days ago, right? Or something like that? Yeah. So I have two clients within my first month, uh, which is actually, no, that's not true. Three clients within my first month. And I have somebody who I think is going to schedule at the end of the month this month. Um, so awesome. yeah, I mean, I, 
was kind of shocked. I just follow God's lead of like, yep, put it out there. This is what you're ready to do. And I'm like, okay. Right. And then people are like, hey, do you treat this? Can I have an appointment? Like, is this something that you can help with? And I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I do. And it was just like, you know, just that reassurance that like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like every day God is like, yes, this is what you need to be doing. And he's using other people to communicate that through me. Um, like I do have something worthwhile to offer. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Yeah. So like, um, so in this new, like, it's kind of like a new venture. So what is your mindset and like motivation, like going into it? You know what I mean? I have spent time giving my time to those who didn't value it, um, working for someone else. Of course. And I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do something that feeds my soul and feeds, um, my joy and happiness and fulfills my purpose here. And I feel like this very much is my purpose to help others um, improve their health, improve their well-being, basically through the tools that God has given me. So the education that I have on how nutrition and breastfeeding and all of those things can help just set you up, set your children up for a healthier lifestyle. Um, I feel like that's just so vital to the foundation of who we are. that is such a motivating factor. Um, also having the flexibility of being an entrepreneur and working on my time. And if I want to start my schedule later that day, because I want to be able to take my kids to school or homeschool my kids or whatever, that I have that flexibility and the option is mine. Um, basically the American dream. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, a, it's the coolest thing. Cause I feel the same way I do, you know, I'm trying to do something with this podcast. I'm trying to do something with, I'm actually do. I have a um, online like retail supplement store, uh-huh. so I work with distribu- distributors and stuff like that, and go back and forth with them. Um, because again, I've been in gyms, I've been in supplement stores, and I hate working for the owners. Like the owners just didn't do what I wanted to, what I thought was right. Mm-hmm. You know, especially at the gyms, they treated people like crap. And I was like, "How are you doing?" You know, like what is this? There are- Two gyms where I live. No, I'm sorry. They're like the next towns over because there's nothing where I live. Um, there's two gyms and one is known as like the gym that you don't want to go to for that very reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly how it is. And that's not, if you're owning a gym, like you got to be a people person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, things like that. But um, is there anything you want to plug or put out there or get people to visit anything like that? Ooh, no. Um, I mean, I guess just, this is going to sound like an Oscar speech. Like, thank <laughs> you to everyone who has supported me, my mom, my dad, my husband, uh, my in-laws who watch my kids for me. Like, I, I would not be able to do that without those chaotic little blessings. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just really excited and passionate to help people feel better and, and be healthier versions of who they are, because I know that that just impacts everything else for the rest of your life. Um, and I would be honored to have people who want to work with me. Um, and yeah, let's be healthy together. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Devin, for coming on and, you know, as scared as you were. Yeah. Thank you for having me and helping me kind of step out of that comfort zone a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. And I love, you know, I love talking and get people's different like perspectives on things. You know, and since we haven't talked for like 10 or 11 years, you know, so <laughs> it's cool to see what you're doing. You know, I'm yeah, excited yeah, for you. Yeah, you 
All right. Well, thanks for being on, and uh, we'll see each other soon, like sooner or later, or something like that. Sounds great. Thanks right. so much. All right. We'll see you.